Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is underway from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The crew is all here. College football is on deck. Mm. NFL roster cuts and acquisitions and practice squads have been made. Busy show. Armando Salguero joins us in about an hour and a half from now. Uh, looking forward to that. Plus, David Hookstead of Outkick.com in hour number three. And in 20 minutes, we discuss college football's need for a Cinderella. And we bring a team to the discussion on who that could be this year and beyond. Gentlemen. Good afternoon. We're going to bring a team to the discussion that Paul really likes this season. You know it's a good show when I open the show making a noise of someone who just bit into something delicious. Mm. And that's what we're all about to bite into right now. When I, Whenever I uh. go, mmm, you know it's going to be a terrific show, and that is what we are going to deliver today. <laughs> I'm letting you know the, the signs of greatness, and it's going to be great today. It makes me feel like you brought food. And I start to look around for donuts, which you occasionally bring, or uh, or something like that, when you're making food like you noises. know. We haven't had enough food in here lately. That's that's one one small complaint Hint that I would have. Hint to the staff. Hint to the staff. Well, to to be fair, we should probably bring them food. We occasionally at, at bring some them point, food. You know, as as the staff supporting us and making sure that we're on Agreed. every day. But it's all we should bring them food. Family. Paul Paul's idea is they service I bring, him. I bring occasion at all times. Take care of the talent. Yeah. I do. I, I've brought I do donuts maybe twice to the show. I, I could I could do better. I I'll be the first well. one. I'll look in the mirror I could do and better. I'll say, I could do better. I'm trying to eat better, and I've, uh, I'm waning at that. I'm there back on a, the sugar a little bit. There is a young bachelorette just dancing outside of our studio right now, and it really, has, no me, music. really so, has me distracted. And there's no music out there She could there dance at all. right in this area. There's a dancing no area. I call this the dance floor. Is she doing the <laughs> macarena? Right I can't tell exactly what the dance move is that she's doing. It's like a... <laughs> It's like a walking Macarena. Oh, Macarena. How do you know you went to country line dancing back in uh, McMinnville growing up? Well, right? I you know what dance this is. I, I did not dance. I cannot dance. Uh, the uh, We were at your wedding. There were, you danced a little. Uh, uh, like we all did. Once. But then I watched everyone else get did after Did you take me. lessons? Um, of course not. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just... I just... I went through the motions, right? Like... That was it. Like they, you, do, you do not need me as a dance partner unless we're hosting a radio Hello, show. Hello, ma'am. How are you? <laughs> that's it. Good to see you. Did she know we were in here the whole time that dance was going on? You're the I only one that, who could see out yeah, the door, that by that the way. I've got a very acute angle, and you've got a glare. Yeah. I thought that performance was for us. But I'll maybe take your she word for it. What was going she's on. outside right now. <laughs> you guys, I can't see anything. <laughs> we really need to slant the direction <laughs> Just of this. turn the whole desk. We come in one day, and the whole thing has got a wild background, but so we can see. Guys, i got two ideas. First off, wall-to-wall sand. I know a great sand guy would get it cost. Sand all the way across the studio. Wood, Jerry. And also a Another phrase for a catty corner. Yeah. Let's go catty corner and we can all see out into six the people. <laughs> That'll be the our April time. Fool's show. Because we love to do you, you guys, pranks. You guys are missing out. 
We are going to be big show. We are heavy college football today, tomorrow, and Friday. Tomorrow we're going to be live in Knoxville. Uh, Tennessee will kick off the season uh, along with Missouri. I believe the kickoff's the same exact time, maybe by a couple minutes. Um, the two SEC schools kicking off the true SEC slate a week after, not technically a week, but you guys know what I mean, after Vanderbilt went to Hawaii and won 63-10. to 10. So we get into the heart of the SEC schedule starting now. And then Friday, back at 6th and Peabody for our college football uh, kickoff tailgate show. Extravaganza. And we will get you ready for all of the big matchups going into Saturday's game. So... Um, again, 20 minutes from now, we talk college football Cinderella's who could disrupt a lot of the, the buzz about the, the college football playoff. Um, today, the rosters and other things being... The, the, the Eagles continue to make a ton of trades. They have been the most active on the trade market, um, both by acquiring and, and sending... They're acquiring picks, but sending players out and getting something in return instead of just cutting a player. Um, other teams, meanwhile, just cut players and add them to their practice squad after a, a full debate of who's going to make it, who's not. Turns out, general managers go back with, with what they know for the 16-man practice squad. No big surprises. We discussed yesterday, Chad, Logan Ryan was cut in Tampa, but immediately after being released, it sounds as though Tampa's just going to bring him back on a, a different uh, salary figure as one of their veteran acquisitions, either now or after week one, where it becomes a weekly payment instead of locked in for the salary. Yeah, no, I, I Which think... Which we suspect. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it's crazy when you think about the the, the day that was yesterday, though, and uh, I, I know you guys covered a lot of this. Um, no real huge surprises out there. I'll say this. There wasn't a heavy volume of surprises, but there were a few that did jump out to me with some of the decisions of, of guys that were cut yesterday. But also, like you said, the, the flexibility of waiting. Because there are some desirable names out there, especially at wide receiver, that I think would be good on a number of teams. And not just a fill-in player. Could be highly productive for certain teams based on their wide receiver depth. But you don't see people rushing out to do anything because of the flexibility if you wait after a game to go bring someone on. You can bust faster. We were talking about this. I don't know if you heard us. Obviously, uh, Las Vegas is is being quick, and that's a regime change too. But once upon a time, it was unheard of to get rid of an Alex Leatherwood. No matter how bad he was, when you invest a pick of that capital, you would spend this year be saying, all right, we've got to do everything possible to fix this guy. We're bringing in a consultant, you know, to work with him specifically. We're getting our, the best left tackle in our history. We're flying him out here once a week to work with him on Friday mornings. And, and we're going to do everything we can. Jalen Rieger just got traded for virtually nothing out of Philadelphia going into his third year. It used to be, you said, you can't really judge a guy until after his third year. Here he is after two years where Philadelphia is saying, you know what, we, we've got two big-time receivers and we like the guys we have around, Smith and, and Brown, and we're done with Rieger. Uh, we're washing our hands. It was a mistake. The guy was 21st pick in the draft. But teams, and uh, look, as, as a fan, I would like it to a degree where a GM's willing to say, hey, 
are bad and, and we're done investing the resources in trying to coach this guy into something we know he isn't. Um, we're we're going to chalk it up as a loss, admit the batting average in the, in the first round can't be what we hope and go to the next, the, the next guy. But it really is a sea change. I mean, it's not that long ago. And Floyd Reese, uh, uh, rest in peace. I mean, he used to keep guys for a long time to be able to say, look how many of my draft picks are on the roster. And that was a badge of honor, for not just for him, but around the league. GMs, one of their things, their stat was how many roster, how, how much of their roster was composed of their draft picks. Yeah, well, it's it, a lot easier when you got a new regime in that they're just coming in and saying, sweep, th- this is an example also of what we don't want, is this guy that was drafted high by the previous regime that doesn't fit what we're trying to do. Doesn't work. Maybe doesn't work the way that we want to work. So we're willing to, even if it doesn't make much sense, to get rid of someone we think is dead weight, ultimately, even if it is a first-round pick. And he's an example for everybody. Let, yeah. let this be a sign that no matter your status, you're at risk if you don't. Yeah, it's not happening if John achieve. Gruden is still the coach, for example. Well, in Jalen Rieger's case, like he's been very inconsistent. Um, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, even the inconsistent first-round picks get more time. But, but more time now is two years. Yeah, but the clamoring, like just following the storylines with him, Deion Kane and others have outplayed him. There were two other receivers that, forgive me, I can't come up with their names, that were cut, and they kept Rieger on the initial 53. and Bought themselves a trade. And Roseman had to, he answered questions to the media about why they kept Jalen Rieger on the roster yesterday. So it wasn't a question of, oh, they, they just traded a first round, former first round pick in his third year or fourth year, whatever. He's going to the final year of his deal, I believe. He had to answer questions about why he kept that guy. No, third year. And, going into his third year. Okay. Um, and they, um, they explained by saying he had made, he had been, he was the only receiver that practiced every single day in camp. Like that's the best excuse they could they come up for him. Money. And the other thing is they were going to have to pay him if they cut him. So they found a trade partner after rosters were decisions were made and they traded him and got something. And Minnesota was willing to pick up his salary. So Philly didn't have to pay him and allow another team to pick him up. They found a team that was willing to pick up the salary. What's it say about that guy that Zach Pascal is a better player to the Eagles than yeah. he is, given, given the God-given traits? Uh, Covey is another guy's uh, name. And Quez last, Watkins. Yes. I mean, they, they outplayed him. And it wasn't even close. I mean, the media there, they were stunned to see Rager uh, outseat him on the depth chart initially. So the, I bet the reaction in Philly today is overjoyed. Yeah. yeah. That they traded him for something. But I'm saying, even uh, fans have now been trained to – well, the fans have always wanted a guy gone quickly, and the teams have usually preached patience. Stick with us. Yeah. We, we've invested a lot in this guy. We're going to continue to work with him. That The teams have become – more aligned with the fans. Like, hey, but, we've given him his fair you know, that, shot. That, that's the example of the GM actually moving on from a player, acknowledging the bad situation, but getting getting rid of him for something. Meanwhile, like Alex Leatherwood um, is let go by a, re, a new regime. It would be no yeah, different if a new regime came in and, and saw Dylan Ra- Raiden's practice. Somebody took right? on that salary, which is is remarkable. Who claimed Leatherwood? I'm not remembering. Um, interesting note, by the way, uh, coming down, is it Taylor Biscotti? Bisco- I believe Chicago claimed Leatherwood. I'll, I'll double-check yeah, that, though. I'm, Go I'm ahead. Taylor Biscotti, I think, is the reporter, uh, the young lady, reporter of the NFL. Yeah, Chicago for Leatherwood. Um, Josh Gordon is on his way to visit the Tennessee Titans. 
right now? Well, they need depth. Um, and this is a, a, an interesting uh, name to throw out there because they've put Racy McMath on IR. So they are not deep. They've got four receivers right now because they kept five. And if th this is either for immediate help or this is, hey, let's look at some veterans for post-week one um, depth with uh, that. Josh Gordon strikes me as quite unreliable. Yeah. Well, he's caught like 17 passes over the last three seasons. So it looked like he was done when he got let go by Kansas City. But he who knows? Run. Maybe that's why. Maybe he can find uh, another breath of yeah. life uh, with another team. One thing on Leatherwood and Rieger and other instances like this, this is a great sales pitch for practice matters, preseason matters, for teams that are trying to push that out there. Because you can now always say, hey, I know you're a first-round pick, but have you ever heard of Alex Leatherwood? You know, things can happen in this league, and you can be gone quicker than you think. I mean, I don't think teams are hourly saying that to people, but it is a little bit of motivation for everyone out there to not just believe, because we do this. We see a first or second round pick and think, they're safe, they're safe. No way they're ever going to cut this guy a year later, right? That you know that even if they get completely outplayed and outworked in training camp, it's not going to matter because their draft status affords them the chance to suck in training camp and have no risk of getting cut. Yeah. Well, that may not necessarily be the case at all times now. And I don't know that that's a bad thing for, for the league. Uh, Nate Sudfeld released because the 49ers decided to keep Jimmy Garoppolo around. So Sudfeld, is, he's now a member of the Detroit Lions. And the, the other bit of news, just based on claims, the, the New York Jets have... How about this? They've had the most players claimed off of their roster moves. Six total from the final cutdown, but over the course of the last couple of weeks, 11 players total from the Jets roster were claimed by other organizations. That's a statement about uh, the quality of their roster and how they're viewed by, by the rest of the league. Um, that's, a, that's a big number. And the, the take this as you wish, too. We, we heard from Mike Martz last week saying that the, the Bears roster reminded him of the 0-16 Lions from 2008. Their, their depth, they have claimed, I believe, seven players on the waiver wire. That's telling you, like, they've been through the entire offseason and on the verge of training, uh, on the verge of the regular season after training camp, they see at least seven other upgrades worthy of just coming in and joining the team that were better off than where they left off with their final 53. That statement is a, essentially them saying, we got nothing. We agree with We Mike got Marks. nothing, and the rest yep. of the league, we'll take the scraps from other teams and see if they've got something because we got nothing. Josh Gordon, so he led the NFL in receiving yards in 2013. Long time ago. <laughs> but it's been a while. Uh, he was, was he most recently in Kansas City? Yes. And – but, I mean, he has been – if you go back to 2017, he was with Cleveland, 18 with Cleveland and New England, 19 with New England and Seattle last year mm. with Kansas City. Uh, he's a moving adventure. Missed 15 and 16 for the violations of the substance abuse policy. Was first team all pro and um, a pro bowler in 2013 when he had – and that's when he led the league, 1,646 yards on 87 catches, an 18.9 average. I mean, if he was that, 
Titans would be in heaven. They they're desperate for that, but the odds well, of him being that are what they need. Tiny. What they need is Racy McMath. They don't need Josh Gordon to be all pro. I mean, they drafted a guy who should become that version of capable. They have yeah. They need a Racy McMath who'll stay on his feet through the catch. They yeah. Well, healthy. They need a healthy fifth option who's active on game day. But they don't have that right now. Yeah, they've got some odd roster shaping. They've got five running backs. You're going to keep a fifth running back active for special teams. That That's a little bit bizarre. They've got seven defensive linemen on a team that's yeah. in nickel most of the time playing two. But they definitely kept their best 53 in their eyes, which you respect. But uh, I would imagine it evolves a little bit. Yep. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. More NFL headlines uh, still to come. We will get into that. Plus... College football needs a Cinderella, and we have one team in mind that can play this role in a Power 5 conference. We will dive into this discussion coming up. First, though, Aurora Nutriscience and VitalifeScience.com. Outkick 360, excited to partner with Aurora. And uh, here at Outkick 360, they help keep us mentally sharp and healthy with Aurora Nutriscience. They deliver supplements where you need them the most, your body. VitalifeScience.com is the website, V-I-D-A-LifeScience.com is where you can see more information. Outkick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360. Typical pills and capsules are not well absorbed, but here's Aurora. Unique cutting-edge nutritional and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes, and that ensures greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use the vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione, and more each and every day. Uh, plenty more to choose from at vitalifescience.com, V-I-D-A-lifescience.com. Do yourself a favor, check it out, and plus, at checkout, type in OutKick360. 15% off with the code OutKick360 at VitaLifeScience.com. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. College football is back tomorrow live in Knoxville. Looking forward to that show. College football weekend preview. Our kickoff special both tomorrow and Friday on Outkick 360. You can join the discussion on social media. Just follow the show at Outkick 360. College football, we we tend to expect now it's Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Those are the expectations for the college football playoff. Sprinkle then, in a little Clemson, sprinkle in a little Oklahoma, and that's basically what you got every year. So the Cinderella story of college football is is hard to come by in terms of playoff success, right? The, the Cinderella story is getting into the playoff. I think of Washington from a, a few years back. Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati. But once they get there, I mean, Forget any it. smart sports wager is going against them, not for them. You're going to bet with your mind, not your heart, right? Um, but there's a team, Chad, that can be both this year in terms of their play, veteran savvy, quarterback play, head coach. There's one team in mind with this. Remember when Notre Dame a few years ago felt like a Cinderella story in college football? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, you know, plucky little upstart of Notre Dame being in the yeah. college football playoff was so foreign. Um, college football has got a problem at the top of the sport. The sport as a whole is fine. It's healthy. People are watching. But in terms of legitimate interest in teams competing for a championship, there's three to five schools. And I'm not just talking about on a given year. I'm saying every year right now. Yeah, we can go ahead and pencil them in for 2023, 24. As long as coach stays the same yeah. at these certain schools, we could be saying the same thing four years from now, seven years from now. Um, Nick Saban is signed up until he's almost 80 years old. Yeah, he's not leaving. As coach. So as long as he's there, you know, pencil in Alabama in that spot. Um, and again, college football, tomorrow we're going to talk a lot more about this, but it's great, especially early on, because everyone has a different level of expectation for a successful season, and everyone's got that expectation in front of them in week one. So it's fun to watch all these teams play. Um, the team, though, Hutton that I think could break the mold in this whole thing could be Utah. And hear me out on this because people are going to say, well, Utah, they played Ohio State in the Rose Bowl a year ago. How, how are they a Cinderella story? 18 years now for Kyle Whittingham at Utah. He's tied with Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State for the longest tenure in college football. They have a clear identity. They are going to pound the rock. They're going to be very physical on both sides of the ball. They're going to try to throw it deep when they throw it. Cam Rising is a fun, electric quarterback to watch. This year's team is going to be exciting. Week one is it for them, you know, in the swamp. They're only a three-point favorite in that game. But I look at them, guys, as a possible Cinderella, really for one reason. They're not one of the teams mentioned to join the Big Ten. I don't think you can be a Cinderella right now in the Big Ten or the SEC because those two conferences – are leading the way for everyone else. Utah, under Kyle Whittingham, may have the best opportunity to legitimately be a year-in, year-out player outside of the Big Ten or SEC. I, I picked them to, to go to the playoff just because what fun is it to pick uh, the four predictable teams? I've picked three of them, and it's not fun. So, uh, you know, I'm rooting for them to break through, they're obviously are. What are they ranked? Seventh 
sixth or seventh, seventh. seventh. Co- coming in. So they've got a favorable position where they could creep up. If, if they do well, they're good in the trenches. They, they, uh, 431 yards, I think, 36 points average. Eighth on third down after starting poorly on third down last year. They've got the ingredients. They're coming out of a conference in flux. And uh, it's not a divisional thing. So their championship game win, presuming they win their championship, will be another marquee win, so to speak, against another very good team, which could give them the extra oomph if things go wrong for somebody else. See, I do believe you can be a Cinderella in the SEC or Big Ten. Kentucky absolutely could be that. Iowa was that for seven weeks last year. If they, if Kentucky or Iowa made their way to the college yeah, football they're, playoff, they're, they're Cinderella. That is a Cinderella story within their own conference at big time, big major college football. Um, Utah would break the trend, of course, just by getting in and winning a game. But you know, I, I would think t- to me, it's it's no different than Washington from the Pac-12 getting in if Kentucky were to somehow make it or Iowa, or anybody other than Ohio State and Michigan, quite frankly. I don't see any or route. Or than Alabama or Georgia. I see no route for Kentucky. Yeah, but I'm just going off the playing premise in a of playoff at any Utah's time. not in the Big Ten and not being mentioned, so therefore you well, know, they qualify. I think you can qualify in the big conferences too. Ole Miss was quite the story last year going into Alabama. Now yeah, that quickly I'm, ended. Look, I'm, I'm not saying two different definitions here. There can be big surprises. Iowa, Kentucky, Ole Miss – within the Big Ten or the SEC, it's kind of two parts. The Cinderella I'm talking about is an outsider. Inside of college football, as we move forward, is going to be Big Ten or SEC. And if they elect to add you, that's how you're going to be on the inside. Utah, if left behind in the Pac-12. And what I mean by left behind is USC and UCLA have already bolted. If Oregon and Washington are the next to bolt, there will be the leftovers in the Pac-12. Utah is it. At that point, as long as Kyle Whittingham is there, they have built themselves into something that could be a national power. So they could be the outsider that could wreck the party for the Big Ten and the SEC. It doesn't apply this year. And I agree with you that there are Cinderella stories within both conferences that could threaten in November to be one of those teams and to, to, to steal a spot in a college football playoff or play in a New Year's Six Bowl, a la Ole Miss of a year ago in the Sugar Bowl, but I'm looking at someone outside Big Ten or SEC that could be that year-in, year-out team that could compete. Well, year-in, year-out for a couple more years, and then we're going to see the college football playoff expand, and then it doesn't mean as much if they're one of the 12 instead of one of the four because with more expansion, nine conference games, we're going to see more two-loss teams get in the college football playoff from the SEC and the Big Ten and eat up more of those spots and potentially advance further than... That will still be asking the same question, can you get to the four? Yeah, but even with the expansion, we're going to see... The predictions will remain the same. What Chad said earlier, there's like five or six programs that will be in the mix. We know three of them automatically with Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. We should put Michigan in the mix. USC should absolutely be there. Um, Clemson is already predicted to get back there this year, despite, you know, they're kind of the forgotten mix of the big four here after one down season for Dabo. Um, and Texas A&M, you know, they're the other one with expectations. Other than that, even in a 12-team playoff, while I can't wait for the opening round games and the matchups that we're going to see, I don't know if Utah 
uh, holds the, the same amount of clout once we see the big two conferences fully expand to what they are with Texas and Oklahoma getting the mix. Like you should put Oklahoma there too and Texas with Manning. Um, but I, I, I think Utah has a very small window to make a big impact before well, things really blow up. Their window is so small right now, it's one week because if they lose to Florida, it's over. Um, that all talk of them, not not that they're mathematically eliminated, right? But all talk of them goes out the window I, if they lose right. to a Florida team in year one of their coach, where they're favored to win on the road. They can really get the party started this weekend just by winning. You don't have to blow them out. Just go to the swamp and win, and prove you can go into a hostile environment yeah. in the SEC and, and win a game. Um, it's why it's imperative they go to 12 or 16 teams in a playoff, first off, because there's a lot bigger flex group of programs that could conceivably be the 12th team in a playoff. So there's a lot more teams interested. Here's an example. You brought up Kentucky. Kentucky could get in the mix in a 12-team playoff right. this year. Right. Tennessee could get in the mix in a 12-team yep. playoff this year if things broke right for them. If it's 16 teams... We're looking at Ole Miss from a year ago in that. We're looking at Arkansas this year. And I'm just talking about SEC teams there. Purdue would be in the mix every every so often out of the Big Ten. It opens the door for more Utah, more Cincinnati, more Houston, more Pittsburgh-type talk at the bottom of a 12- or 16-team playoff. So that goes without saying. They absolutely need to expand the playoff for more competitive balance for that reason. Yes, we're still going to talk about those three or four teams as the top four seeds, but just getting into the dance, right? We talk about that in basketball all the time. Just getting there is such an accomplishment, and if you could get there and win a game, it's so much bigger. Yeah, and it feel, it feels bigger to reach the college football expanded playoff than it does for – and it was big for Ole Miss to reach the Sugar Bowl, right? But – it's still like the, the opening round of the college football playoff in, in like let's say the 12 team playoff for Utah. It would be to me uh, the same type of vibe as Utah playing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Like it's still the same type of matchup. It's just magnified because the winner advances and, and the loser is done. And Utah would have the chance to upset the apple cart there. But the, the overall vibe and feeling of who really has a chance to win the national championship trophy remains the same, regardless of how many teams are in. Yeah, and that's what we're looking for, somebody to not just get in, but, but win But Utah's interesting, like this year and then through 2025, because they, based on their conference and based on when USC and UCL are leaving in a couple of years, they can still run the table in their conference, match up a couple of times against USC or however it's going to pair up in the regular season versus who finishes one and two and moves on to the conference championship game, they can still be a three or four seed, but they're never going to climb to one or two because the SEC champion and the Big Ten champ are going to be claiming those spots in any given year. And that's the, that's the true expectation, and that's in the voters' minds too, in the committee's minds, of how things should, should shape up based on your schedule. And then Utah would get one of those two champs in the opening round of the playoff. Yeah, and look, I think the well, best even thing... If, even if somehow they broke through to one or two, they'd have to beat one of those schools in a semifinal anyway. I just... The best thing that could happen for the sport is for Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State to not make the playoff this year. Well, And that's going to piss off fans of that school. I don't care. It, it's the truth because it's too predictable. 
We need to spice in some unpredictability for once, for God's sakes. I, I, I can't see Alabama and Georgia coasting. Well, I can see it because we saw it a year ago, and we're probably going to see it again this year, and that gets boring at the top. Now, I'm not claiming from a television perspective people aren't going to watch because when Alabama and Georgia meet, we've seen it. They're going to watch. I'm going to watch. And it's a good we're game. We're all going to watch, and it's usually a good game. But – the fact that we simply tune in to watch to see if Oregon can take a game on a neutral site, well, neutral site, it's in Atlanta, right? but neutral site against Georgia into the second half is a problem with the sport. And then we tune out when Georgia starts to pull away and blow them out. We go to a game that's closer. And that game that closer is closer, by the way, is going to have no impact on the college football playoff. It's going to be two teams going to a mid-level bowl, but it's still exciting, close, competitive football. Yep. That that gets old. I really think if you want something great to happen for the sport, Utah would be one of them to crash the party and win a playoff game. If Utah could get into a national championship, not even win it, could go that far and win a game would be enormous. And two, it would be if either Alabama or Georgia did not win their division and was rep, someone else represented the division in the in the SEC championship. Well, the the time to get Alabama was last year. That's what's depressing about the conversation. They could have lost four games last year based on fourth quarters and how they went and self-inflicted penalties and situations that that would come up throughout the games. And they won a conference title and were national. And they had a Heisman up. Trophy winner quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's amazing that that's what's both incredible about these programs we're talking about and the saddest thing in the world is that we're saying and truthfully saying, boy, the time to get Alabama was a year ago when they had that Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and they lost in the national championship game. And it's true. That was the time to get them. And Georgia did in the national championship game. Couldn't do it in the SEC championship. But not even Georgia, not even Georgia though. Ole Miss with the hype. You need Ole Miss to come through and convert on fourth downs. Tennessee going toe-to-toe and trying to return serve. And it took one turnover with Alabama up one score in the fourth quarter. And it's over. Game over. Because the defense couldn't keep up with Bryce Young and company. Um, LSU. LSU, for whatever reason, went to Tuscaloosa and hung with them for three and a half quarters. And then turned the football over. In a year where their coach was getting fired. And they had a chance to win at Alabama. Uh, Auburn. Up 10 points for the majority of the game. Alabama comes back, forces a couple overtimes, and wins the game on the Plains. There were multiple games where Alabama was on the brink of elimination from the college football playoff, but yet in their down year, quote-unquote down year, they still overcame multiple instances across the, the schedule to get to the SEC championship, and then they turned it on Georgia and that Georgia defense. So, you know... Uh, predictable, yes, but Alabama's season was quite entertaining. It included yeah. the game of the year. Florida, we should throw Florida in the mix. Yeah, Florida, Florida had them. Florida they lost had by them. two points, I think. And Bryce Young and Alabama is able to pull the comeback there. There were a handful of games on the SEC slate where Alabama was for the taking, but yet they were still poised enough in a, a non-poised situation of penalties and turnovers and just dumb mistakes to overcome all that with pissed, the talent and their coaching. Pissed at all those teams except A&M and, and Georgia for not getting it done. Well, and it's 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 both the beauty of college football and it's something that I despise about it at times. It, I feel like I'm watching 13 different sports. Like there's different levels of the game, right? There's all these different 
If you want to watch college football for the championship level, you're watching four to five teams, and it's really them playing themselves. Can they play their way out of a game? Can they make enough mistakes to lose to a team they, they should beat? Because pretty much every week they're playing a team they should beat. So it's that inner game of, will these teams go across the entire 12-game season and into a championship game undefeated or with one loss to get there? Yeah. And then below that, you're looking at Ole Miss is a good example. These teams that have are having a great year for their program that aren't going to beat the top-level teams in college football, but they're going to beat pretty much everyone else, and they're trying not to slip up along the way. Then you got these teams just trying to get bowl eligible. Then you got teams trying to win three or four games to bounce back, I think, at Vanderbilt going into this year. You've got all these different levels, and don't even get me started on group of five teams and what their goals are over the course of a season. Their goal may be to only lose by three touchdowns to a Power 5 opponent. And that's a great Saturday for them when they go into a game. Well, There's just different markers for every team, and we've known that for years. But I feel like we've gotten more and more into that. And now that as we get to the two-party system, as I call it, with Big Ten and SEC, maybe it consolidates the game a little bit more. And I don't know that that's necessarily the best thing. See, I think part of the issue with that, and and you're dead on with it, is these these universities, not the fans, but the universities – have allowed this perception of success based on where you are instead of how you're paid. These coaches are bonused off of seven win seasons, going to a bowl game, winning a certain percentage of your your division, not even your conference, but your division. All of these little sprinkled in bonuses that are reported as success markers are treated as though they have reached the goals for that season, and it's somehow... Depending on where you are, it's somehow acceptable. You know, you can stick around and make a great living and not really win but 50 to 55% of your games in, in total. Um, how are we, like, a great example. Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame after winning five straight years of 10-plus, and all of a sudden, he will be judged on whether or not he wins seven games at LSU, and that will be a success. That doesn't that doesn't even out to me. Only for one year, though, and, at least. Yeah, well, I mean, but still, it's a, it's a new program. But still, for him. but he le- he left the Irish to take over, and it is somehow three games worse is fine. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to win three and a half conference games? That's I mean, but his his ultimate marker at at LSU is will he win a national title? That's the only thing he's concerned with. Jimbo, that's why he left. That's the only it's time, only thing they're it's time for mark. Jimbo to put up. But yet, there's no talk of Jimbo Fisher being on the hot seat as we sit here on August 30th, 31st, of him needing to win or he's out. Like it, it is time at ten million dollars a year to win in College Station, and for whatever reason, like it's just oh well, they got Alabama last year. And that's really kind of how you're judged. There's a parade for that. Brian Harson probably doesn't have the inquiry if they just win the Iron Bowl. They were awful in steps last year. So it's all, it's all very confusing. And the, the, these coaches are paid right underneath the level of Saban. In some cases, more. And then Saban jumps up above them. But for the programs that we predict to actually win the title, 
there are quadruple the amount of coaches that are paid like they want a title. Oh, I think and you're that, dead that on. is part well, of the Mel issue. Mel Tucker's of college one football. of them, also. No doubt. Just the he's, only, he's only really done it once. Great at, at Michigan State. Well, he had a good year. He yeah. hasn't come close to you know playing for a national well, title. One good year got him a contract. He did it. He where like perception of success is different, even though you're in a mega. They're in the Big Ten. But no one's thinking Michigan State has a chance at the college football playoff. But Mel, Mel Tucker's paid like it. Yeah, and because these, he would these. have been paid like it to leave to another program that has no chance at being in the college football playoff. I think there's a lot psychological. I think you're on to something great here, Hutt. And a lot of this is psychological. We want to feel good about ourselves So at school X. And we know that uh, well, maximum accomplishment for us is eight wins. So if we win seven games, we're going to celebrate it like we did something spectacular because we're going to convince ourselves we're good. Now keep so in mind. seven wins for us is good. Hooray for us. Well, it is good for certain schools. It goes back to right. the different levels of the sport yeah, I'm talking about. When does the about. standard change? And when do you well, – we've standard, talked about this for a long time. When but, when does somebody break through like Georgia's broken through and actually compete with well, the best? But it took 41 years, Paul, for no, Georgia to win. I know. It's uh, crazy. So you say breakthrough like Georgia. Like well, It took them 41 uh, years to also, win the title. But Here, we agree. A&M should be breaking through. Well, but Here's but, a good example, though. If, if Mark Stoops goes 7-5 and five this year after winning 10 games a year ago, is he in trouble in 2023? No. He shouldn't be in trouble, but he should be doing better than that. Well, he's bonus, in fact. But if he goes <laughs> – my point is, at Kentucky – he could go seven and five every year after, and they'll be. And they would look back to the ten win season like, and the fact that hey, before he got here, we were going four and eight. Well, so who cares? If one, we're going one seven more, and five. One more quick example: When is James Franklin on the hot seat at Penn State? He I, could stay. He could stay at Vandy and not make the same amount of money, but have nine win seasons. And he's talked about it every job opening across the country. I, I, I think it could but, start tomorrow night. Well, it, it, okay, but. Consider where he ranks on pay versus return on investment, right? He's got a great agent. Yeah, and charisma and he, takes you a long, a long way. He's got way. a great agent, and he, he showed some legitimate interest in the job at Tennessee and met with Danny White and did all those things, and I think that he absolutely would have left if they didn't re-up at Penn State, and Penn State doesn't want to be a program that's left for another one. Yeah. So they paid him more than, quite frankly, he's worth. He's earned. You know, not just that he's worth. I mean, he hasn't won to a level to demand that salary at Penn State, but they don't want to get left. So they overpay for that reason. This is a, it's a great discussion. It's a separate one from what we're having. Yeah. But expectations rule the day. In, in sports, right? What's the expectation level now? We'll talk to David Hookstead about this later. What's the expectation now really at Nebraska? Get back to a bowl game. Right. And I think they'll do that this year because they got a pretty easy schedule. So that they're probably going to piece together six wins based on the schedule or not. But they're going to end up firing Scott Frost. And then what's the actual... What's the bonus going to be hunting for six wins at Nebraska? And they've got a, a national power that's won multiple national And they've got a prominent alumni, Will Compton, out there saying, well, you know, people aren't going to be thinking about this game in January. Well, I hope he's joking. <laughs> I hope he is. Because they're going to be thinking about it when Scott Frost is out of a job. Primary complaint is next to now kick 360. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. 
So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Coming up, more NFL headlines, plus Armando Salguero on Outkick 360. Right now, it is time for Primary Complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for a primary complaint on Outkick 360. Guys, my primary complaint this week, the time we devote to players on rosters in the preseason on if they get cut, another team may claim them headline and then all that happens is one two to ten players total actually move around and choose not to re-sign on a practice squad where the team has already released them based on fit based on knowing the the terminology and everything else involved we spend way too much time discussing what happens with roster spot 53 and not enough time discussing roster spots 1 through 25 because those guys are nowhere to be found sometimes even on the practice field in August. That's my primary complaint. We don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to have a curveball here. Yep. I'm going to go with a shorter complaint and save my current complaint for next week. This happened last night. Had some things going on with the family. All is, all is well now, but a little bit of an emergency yesterday. So in times of crisis, you got to get something quick to eat for the family. So I went through a drive-thru of a place close to my home. Went through that drive-thru, and they immediately told me, the computer's down. You have to have cash. Okay, great. I had to. I happen to have cash. Huge inconvenience though, to pay that much for cash. My parents were at the house watching my kids. That's a lot of cash to hand over at a drive-through. But now I find out that there is a certain, and I don't want to uh, anger a potential sponsor. There's a certain big coffee chain that in October is going cashless completely. You have to have a card to go there. That too is extreme. And those are my primary, well, oh. that is my primary complaint. Got to be singular. Singular. These are my deodorant. As you can see, they help me stay ultra fresh. <laughs> the one on the left uh, is what I got last time I ordered a six-pack. And the one on the right is the new six-pack. Uh, describe the difference in size for the radio listeners. Uh, one is large. One is smaller. Um and they, I'm guessing, didn't tell you, Paul. Well, they hold the like same the amount. They hold the same amount of deodorant. So I guess they're doing society a favor, uh, the landfills a favor by smaller packaging. What the one is, is armpit width. And what the other mm. one is, is not close to armpit width. I like the convenience of an armpit width <laughs> deodorant because it goes on my armpit. My primary complaint, the other one's too small. Also, when it says unscented, sometimes it does have a scent. And I don't like that. Well, it's baking soda if there's a scent, and I don't mind that. 
Hit us up with your primary complaint at Outkick360 is how you can chat with the show. Coming up, headlines across the football landscape, NFL and college. Plus, Armando Salguero joins the show in 25 minutes.